He's out with a driver now. Now, I'm not sure this is right. Although, he's had a four and two threes on this hole. He's going to be at least three shots ahead. Welcome to Bros and Birdies. Before we get into everything this week with Big Bro, including Team USA, Ryder Cup picks. They've been made. We'll discuss it. But before all that, we're going to have a song to break you in gently. Here it is, the Beatles classic, Ballad of John and Yoko. Maybe it's a ballad of Jay and Keith. Sitting in his office in Wentworth, I guess that's what his salary's for. Strategic alliance, it's not rocket science, and we're not a feeder tour crisis, should be so easy. How great this tour could be. The way it is going, we're weaker than the Conferry. Who's on the way out to Rome, and who will be staying at home? Luke Donald called to say you're not going Make my teams from the US of A Christ, this should be so easy How great this tour should be The way it is going We're weaker than the Conferry The new schedule looks a bit random No tournaments in Europe till May Give 10 plays away to the US of A Strategic is all that you say Christ, it should be so easy How great this talk could be The way it is going We're weaker than the Conferry Needing more money in the US of A Not for profit entity but don't worry, Wood said Rory's in my bed. Simulation golf will get us plenty. Pelly will show up in September. Commuting to Wentworth is fine. Oh, we'll will say live, it'll go away. But he's chatting shite all of the time. Christ, it should be so easy. How great this tour should be. The way it is going, we're weaker than the Conferry. Golf is flying back into Europe, no golf to play over the pond. The ratings will rise, oh, what a surprise. It must be great to pick which tour you play on. Christ, it should be so easy. How great this tour should be. The way it is going, we're weaker than the Conferry. The way it is going, we're weaker than the Conferry. Welcome to another week of Bros and Birdies. Absolutely love the song as well. Ah, oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, another week. It's flown by, hasn't it? It soon oh, comes round again. It? But that's we've said goodbye to the PGA tour for a little period of time. Um, time to concentrate on Europe, bro. Although we're gonna have to discuss the Team USA Ryder Cup picks, which have come out today. Not too many surprises, but we will get into them a little bit later on. Well, yeah, the song is just a bit of fun. It's one of my favourite Beatles songs, actually, The Ballad of John and Yoko. Not very well known, really, in terms of top Beatles songs, but I hope everyone enjoyed it. It's a bit of a giggle. And um, yeah, well, that was that. Listen, let's get into last week first, and let's start at home with a great win, an absolutely fantastic win at the D&D Real Czech Masters Albatross Golf Course just outside Prague. And it was someone who I believe you told me a bit of research, bro. His birthday is today. He won last week. Todd Clements. Todd Clements' birthday, 29th of August, 1996. He's 27 years of age today. So what a great time to be getting your first DP World Tour victory uh, to back up 
a Challenge Tour win that he had in 2022 at the K Club in Ireland. So, yeah, Todd Clemens, a, a phenomenal performance last week with rounds of 65, 69, 69, 63 to close. That is some round of golf to close out a tournament. Beat Matt Wallace Four by drops. one shot. Four drop shots in the whole tournament. He had round one and round four completely bogey-free. He had that blip in round three at the 11th with the double bogey on the par four. But apart from that, I mean, the last on the Sunday, I was watching it and I just could not take my eyes off his swing. He was in control. The rhythm was there. There was no pressure. His, the caddy on his bag. And he took about worth their salt. His caddy, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. I did jot it down. But he was so calm and collective, just what Todd Clements needed. And his game was so calm and collected. I mean, it, it looked like he'd been in contention many times before. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it was superb. I mean, to be under that pressure as well, you know, with a whole host of seasoned professionals, you know, chasing you down. Okay, listen, you know, he won by watch one shot from Matt Wallace, who had what uh, probably a, a 12-footer for Birdie on the last to try and make playoff and missed it. So two Englishmen going toe-to-toe. Followed up by one of the twins, Nikolai Hoygaard, three, you know, four shots back from the winner on 18 under par. But yeah, so you look at some of those names, you know, Bobby Mack was up there playing some good stuff. This talking point sensation, Ludwig Aberg, Yannick Paul was there, um, Valamaki, Zanotti, Olison, Perez. You know, I mean, he's, he's really fended off some top quality golfers on the DP World Tour, hasn't he? Yeah, don't go too far with Zanotti, mate, but I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> there are some quality players. But his his game, his stats for the week. Now, you see, oh, where did a player win that golf tournament? Well, his driving distance wasn't off the charts. I mean, he's 38th ranking, averaging 292. But his driving accuracy was 14th. His greens in regulation, he was 15th with 83.3%. I mean... That's the way you make birdies, by finding a dance floor, right? And his putting average, he was second. Puts per GIR was second. Scrambling, 100% scrambling. I mean, if all elements of your game like that and it slots into place, there's no reason why you shouldn't go and win quite comfortably. Oh, no, absolutely. And and I know we'll get on to talk about the Tour Championship, but when I was listening to the guys on Sky you know, and they're all talking about the stats and, you know, scrambling is is one that they, they place a, a huge emphasis on in any tournament. So, yeah, and naturally so. It's, you know, if you're really good at getting up and down and getting out of trouble and even making those par putts and stuff, then, yeah, you, you're going to have a great week. So, yeah, an absolutely brilliant performance. Well, the Albatross Golf Course would make you sweat with fear, bro, because... I'm telling you, there's so much fescue there. You'll be fine in it. And that's where your scrambling game comes. We saw some great shots, especially one from Nikolai Hoygaard out of the wispy stuff. And it played an amazing shot. Ended up being about eight feet or nine feet from the hole, but no one expected him to keep it on the green. It's that short game. It's that ability. Now, we're going to get to talk about the likes of Hoygaard and Aberg and and Wallace, perhaps, Yannick Paul, a little bit later on when we discuss Ryder Cup scenarios. We don't want to dwell on this too much because we've got a lot to talk about and we're going to keep it snappy this week. So with that, let's head over to the PGA Tour where the finale last week, East Lake, Victor Hovland is on an absolute different planet right now. It's crazy, isn't it? Some of the golf that he is playing at this present time is is great for the European Ryder Cup team, for sure. Uh, great for him, you know, two wins back to back. And some of that golf last week was, you know, it, you take um, you take Hovland and Chauflay out of the equation and everybody else, you know, they were just, they were, they were in the slipstream. It was all about Hovland and Xander Chauflay. They were absolutely superb. Superb. They scored 19 under for the four rounds. And obviously, you know, had there not been a handicapping and stuff, then it would have been a playoff, but it wasn't. And 27 under because Hovland had the five shots head start on Xander Chauflay uh, because of the handicap. So, but yeah, you can't deny it. Uh, superb, superb golf. And 
Victor Hovland was just so impressive, but so was Xander as well. You know, it's uh, well, he I loves it round there, doesn't he? He oh, really he does. does. I said it last week, I said it on last week's podcast about looking at those guys that have got really good scoring form at East Lake. Xander Schoflay is right up the top of that tree, and you know, hence why playing that 72 hole sort of um match tournaments, you know, he was going to be bang up there and got a share of it, obviously, with Hovland because they both finished 19 under, but. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Xander Schofley was was phenomenal last week, but Victor well, Hovland, eighteen oh, Vic- million, will, eighteen million dollars. Victor Hovland hasn't missed a cut on the PGA all season. If you you have to go back to the Wells Fargo Championship in May to find him outside the top thirty. It's Amazing, just it? unbelievable. You look at his win at the BMW, obviously last week at East Lake. Is second, tied second in the PGA Championship. He won the Memorial, top 20 in the US Open, 13th in the Open Championship. I mean, of all these courses, the consistency of play over that range of tournaments, over that range of courses, it just, I mean, we have to, you've got to do whatever you've got to do to keep that guy in form, ready for Marco Simone. It seems an absolute country mile away right now. I'm thinking, can we bring it forward, please? Hovland is ready for action. But he's going to have to, you know, we know Marco Simone is a tough course, and we'll get on to the Ryder Cup picks and reasons that you might pick a certain player, the reasons why Zach Johnson has picked certain players is six picks uh, come out today and not many surprises but we'll get into a few of the strange decisions um that zach has made or maybe been forced into as we'll learn a little bit later on but yeah you can't get away from that i don't like the handicap system um to finish off the season i think that has to change something has the format has to change in some shape or form um, but yeah, Wyndham Clark, another mention for him, another solid performance. Rory, great finish to his week, finishing fourth position. Do you know what happens, Graham, with these players now? Between now and I know a lot of them and quite a few of the European players are going to head to the Irish Open next week. But there's a lot to think about. There'll be a lot of team bonding going on. We know Donald's not actually playing in the European Masters today, so he'll keep keeping an eye on the players there. But in touch with the lads who've been on the PGA Tour circuit. Um, and it's going to be, it's exciting. And like I said, I can't wait for the Ryder Cup to be right here. No, absolutely. Yeah, we've got a, a few weeks to wait yet. But I mean, just going back to the Tour Championship at East Lake as well, and the finishing positions, you know, we talk about Victor Hovland's impressive season, you know, three wins, nine top tens. Xander Schofley, though, did not have one win all season. And he had 11 top tens. And still gets second in the FedEx Cup and scoops six and a half million in that final event. I mean, it's it's just incredible, isn't it? But there were a number of players inside that top 10 in the FedEx, four of them in particular, Xander, Cantley, Fleetwood, Morikawa. None of them won on tour all season. And you're talking anywhere between 21 to 24 starts apiece for all four of those players. It's it's just unbelievable. It really is. It's you know that you can get that, and that's what the FedEx Cup is is really doing, isn't it? It's rewarding those players that are not winning throughout the season at all, um, and it's based on one tournament. But yeah, they, these are astronomical sums of money that they're winning. I was disappointed so- with John Rahm this this week. I mean, is if in the stats wise and where he finished, like puts per GIR, he was last but one um sand saves it was poor his scrambling was awful his driving was terrible shots gained minus 3.9 i mean these are not numbers we see usually for john Rahm. shots gained off the tee 24th out of the 30 players it i don't know what's gone wrong with john i know he was annoyed wasn't he at the question about money and he doesn't think and it should it's too much money in the game he says and I just think he's a little bit rattled at the moment. I don't know where his mind is. I don't know if there's something going on behind the scenes. Um, obviously, he'll be waiting for the merger and the framework agreement to be put into place. But could there possibly be something going on in John Rahm's life, golfing life right now, that is unsteadied a stable ship? 
But this is, we talk about this week in, week out, don't we? It's like, you don't know what is going on behind the scenes with a lot of these golfers. And for John Rahm to fall away in the back end of the season as much as he has done is quite alarming, really. I mean, he scored one under through four rounds last week. One under. And that, you know, on top of his six under starting score. Mm. It's it's a massive fall and I would be hugely concerned with his form, certainly going into the Ryder Cup. But yeah, to your point is, could there be something going on? You just don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about Ryder Cup in a minute and stuff and potentially some of the fallout from that. And are some players maybe going to migrate to live? Who knows? Well, yeah, after the decisions today from Zach Johnson um, and obviously there will be no movement. Let's not be under any cloud of uncertainty there will not be any movement until any sort form of agreements merger is in place it'd be ridiculous it'd be completely reckless from anybody making that decision now not knowing what is in the future unless they are being kept informed and they do know more than they're letting on but i'm sure it's still only tiger and um rory that know too much right are we finished from East Lake? We are finished from East Lake, yes. Great okay, well, from Victor Boy. Let's wrap that up in a FedEx box and leave it for now and head to the Ryder Cup because Zach Johnson made his um, eagerly awaited six picks to finish off and form his 12 man team for Marco Simone at the end of September. Now, interesting, mate. We. We knew, obviously, we knew who was in and who wasn't, right? So we knew the fact that locked players, Scotty Scheffler. Come on. No, no, we can't argue about that. Wyndham Clark, two wins, US Open. He's a rookie, but man, he's playing obviously third last week. We just talked about it. Homer, um, come on. It's, he's a cracking two wins this year. Uh, Zach Johnson called him the prom king in the press today, <laughs> <laughs> no, which I think, you know, Brian Harmon, we've got winner of the Open, obviously, up at Hoy Lake. His man, he calls him the Bulldog, obviously. Um, that's his nickname, Xander Schoflake. We know what Xander can do. He loves team play. He is a team man. And then Mr. Consistent, especially towards the end of the season, Patrick Cantley is, is there. So that's your six, right? And all of a sudden, we get to the picks. Now, for anyone not knowing what the picks were, we'll give them a little run through. Sam Burns has made it. Ricky Fowler has made it. Brooks Kepka, despite his live status, has made it. Morikawa, Spieth, and JT has made the plane to Rome, Graham. Yes. Four rookies in this team. We see that a lot with the American team, but four rookies this year. But still, a lot of experience. Absolutely. I mean, I I said to you offline earlier on today that the Americans have got such strength in depth with their options. You know, whatever the side was going to be, you know, without the likes of DJ, without Bryson DeChambeau, you know, it was going to be, you know, without Finau, without Bradley, it was going to be a strong side. They've got those options. So... You know, Zach Johnson's got to stick by his guns and go, you know, with his gut in terms of what he feels. And and JT in particular, we, we've talked about it the last few weeks. I don't think there was ever a question that he was never going to be on the US team this week, in uh, this year in Italy. Never. It, it was always, despite his form, and, it, and his form this year has been absolutely woeful. There's no, no shadow of a doubt. He's fallen in the world rankings. You know, he, he's not, He's not had a great season by his standards, but the pedigree, you know, he loves the Ryder Cup as well. So there's a number of things there, but there are a few shocks that there are. There are well, let's are. listen to what JT had to say in the press conference. Um, yeah, first off, thank you. I'm very, very happy to be here. But uh, it's, I mean, it's it's exciting. It's it's a it's a type of nerves that. I don't think you can really put into words and, and us that have experienced it, especially over there can, can understand it's, it's a, it's a, it's butterflies, but it's good butterflies. You know, it's the, it's all the nerves that we are 
playing for. It's it's why we play professional golf is to be in these kind of atmospheres. And um, you know, I mean, it's it doesn't matter how many cups we've played in, whether it's our first one or our fifth one or our third one, and we're all going to be nervous. But it, this is it's it's a great opportunity, and uh, I think all of us are very excited, and I know the rookies are as well. Justin, you're six, two, and one in the last two Ryder Cups, throwing a President's Cup, and you're 16, five, and three in your career. What is it about team golf specifically that brings out the best in you? Well, I think Jordan touched on a little bit. Uh, good partners definitely help with that. Uh, and a lot of it, I mean, as much as you want to bring good golf yourself to the table, uh, I think a, a part of it is bringing the best out of your partner. And um, I've been very fortunate to play with some friends of mine that I feel like I know well that I can, I'm not only comfortable around, but I feel like I can do my best to try to bring the best out of them. Um, you know, with a couple of them on, on this call with me and Jordan and Rick. And um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very, very exciting and it's just it's 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 hard to really think about anything other than exactly what you're doing that you don't really get out. You know, you, it's hard to get ahead of yourself or, or think about anything behind you because it's not a stroke play event where you're looking at leaderboards or thinking about holes you're going to birdie. The only thing you're worried about is just beating the, the person or team that you're playing against. And, um, you know, that's that's a challenge that that I've enjoyed. And there he was. He, he basically has said what we all know. He's a team guy. He's got friends there. He knows deep down that he hasn't been consistent all year. But he will be nervous, but he will give it his all. Now, he can play with a variety of people. He can play you know, the four balls, the foursomes. And we know what he's like in the singles. Yeah. So people can question it. But if you look at the, the background and his sometimes form can just get thrown out the window in certain competitions like this. No, absolutely. Of course it can. Of course it can. And he clearly does love the Ryder Cup. You know, he, he loves nervous conditions. He's a major champion. He is a team player. And despite current form, he has to be in the side. So I think it's the right call by Zach Johnson. Um, obviously, I don't want the USA team to win. Of course I don't. But, but it is the right call. Absolutely can I radical. ask you a um, can I ask you a question about Burns, right? Sam Burns. Yeah. So he's a rookie. Twenty fourteen, he played in the Junior Ryder Cup in Scotland, victorious team. He won the world match play, right? And he beat a certain man, Cameron Young, six and five in the final. Do you think, right? If I'm re oh, am I reading too much into this? That if it was on paper between Burns and Young and Zach Johnson was sitting there. Did he just look at that match play final? I think Burns is my man. Uh, no, I don't. Th I, I don't think so at all. I, I think he's probably looked at a number of factors, uh, and in particular, obviously the FedEx Cup. You know, Burns has had a, a strong finish to the season. You know, he scored ten under last week. Uh, you know, collected nine hundred ninety thousand dollars. And, you know, he's had a strong finish to the season, whereas Cameron Young really hasn't done anything in the second half of this season. So that is clearly a form pick. I'm still surprised. I'm still surprised someone like Sam Burns gets in over Tony Finau, for example. I'm really, really surprised at that. And, and Bradley, Keegan Bradley as well. Surprised by both of those. OK, but... well, let's talk about Finau and Bradley. Let's talk about Tony Finau. One in Houston, one in Mexico. Last three weeks, do you reckon the last three weeks have ultimately made the decision for Zach Johnson? Has it made an easier decision for Zach Johnson with Tony not being in the greatest of form? I mean, his seasonal stats for uh, for Tony that you know, off the tee he hasn't been great, and his shots game put in this season is poor. That culmination of decisions and factors, do you think that's what's made the decision easier for Zach? I, I think so. I mean, it, but even, you know, you put Finau and Burns alongside each other. You know, they started out the season 12th and 13th, respectively. Finau 12th, Burns 13th. And they've both slightly slid down the official world golf rankings. And they're 20th and 21st, respectively. So, you know, they have, you know, performed, you know, similarly, I would say, in terms of their season. 
But equally, you know, Burns has only had one win and six top tens, and Finau's had two wins and five top tens. Is is he giving Burns a chance? You know, is he a rookie, Burns? Is this his first yes, rider? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you rookie, go. So, yeah. you know, he's giving him that chance, whereas Finau's had that chance. But I don't think you could have split them, really. But I, I probably would have gone with experience. But maybe, well, you... maybe he's seen something different. Burns has had a good finish of the season. Finau, not so much. Well, you mentioned Finau and you also mentioned Keegan Bradley. Now, let's talk about Bradley. Won mm. the Zozo, won the Travellers, second in the Farmers, top 10 in the Arnold Palmer, ninth in the Tour Championship. Driving accuracy is poor, is 95th. And his one point percent, uh, one putt percentage, sorry, is 105th. So when you're looking at Marco Simone, driving is a factor for that course. We know that. And the greens are intricate. One putt in percentages could be a factor. Now, I'm not trying to look into Zach Johnson's mind. I'm just trying to find the reasons why you're not taking Bradley and Finn out between them. I've won four tournaments this season. It's just, yeah. it's odd. It is. Uh, but, and that's where I think you've, you've got a fine line margin over a decision. Some, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose. And it must've been tight across all of them. And I, I can only think, you know, Burns has had the stronger finish to, to the season. And that's probably what's what's shaped that. But, you know, Keegan Bradley is the intensity of the man. You know, he, he gets up for every every tournament. And I, I do see him as a team player as well. You know, so but so he, he'll be he'll be smarting for sure. I think angry, I think, is the word. Another player who might be angry as well as absolutely sweaty is Lucas Glover. Right. And <laughs> you, you look at the start of his season, he didn't start off the season very well, but he's come out of nowhere like a rocket, you know, especially from the rocket mortgage when he's fourth. John Deere, he was sixth. The Barber Cell, he was fifth. I know they're not strong tournaments then, right? Let's, let's, don't give them too much credit, those tournaments, but they are still full field events. And obviously he won the Wyndham and FedEx St. Jude. Another player that has won two tournaments this season in the form of their lives right now, Lucas Glover, hoping for that pick from Zach Johnson. It would have made his career. Again, I think, yeah, been you've, overlooked. Got, you've got to take sentiments out of it as well. You know, it's probably, you know, he's, he's probably not going to get another Ryder Cup chance unless he continues to go on and back up his form this season, next season, and continues to progress or whatever. You know, maybe he's got to wait two years. But I don't know. I I would much prefer the likes, you know, if I was in the American camp, the likes of a, a Burns or a Fowler or a Spieth or a Kepka over someone like Lucas Glover. You know, he's been around well, for a long time. Fowler a, is in. Yeah, absolutely. Fowler is in. He's had a great 2023. He's had a win and he had a great US Open. Now, he's a popular choice, Gray, isn't he? Oh, Ricky Fowler for sure. He's yeah, he's Mister USA, isn't he? He's <laughs> he he is Team USA, and he has really you know brought his game back, hasn't he? He's had he's had a great season, Ricky Fowler for sure. Well, let's catch up with Ricky and see what he had to say during the press conference. You are one of the most experienced Ryder Cuppers on this team, including three away matches, which will make you a leader in this team room. What's your take on how this team? will gel over in Italy. Uh, it's already coming together. Um, a lot of us are, are really close. Um, a few of us live close to each other in South Florida. And it, it's just a great group. excited that I've played well enough to give myself this opportunity. Um, I was thinking about it a little bit. And it, in a way, reminded me a little bit of my second Walker Cup. I went from being a rookie at my first and then my, my second in 09 um, myself and Brian Harmon were kind of the, the guys that had played and the older guys on the team. So a little different and um, odd situation being to be one of the older guys, but Hey, we'll take it any way we can get it. After not being part of the team at whistling straights two years ago, can you put into words why this week is so important for you? Maybe so special for you? Well, after the last few years, for me, not just not being a part of teams, uh, not really being in majors and, and not playing well, going through a little bit of a, a rebuilding last fall to 
ultimately this was my the goal at the at the top uh, i knew it was going to be a, a tough one to achieve um yeah it's just this one's super special when i got the call from zach and luckily he told me the news. um i was definitely emotional because it's it's been a great year uh, after the the last last few like i talked about and uh i i I, I knew it was going to be very hard to be in this position. So to, to get that call and to, to be a part of this team is, is amazing. And there he was, Ricky, happy as Larry, had a Ryder Cup trophy in the corner of his room as well. Um, yeah, he's going to be a, a fantastic character. He gets on, like he said in that um, that interview, gets on with so many lads. They all live quite close to each other. It seems like, you know, in years gone by, we've talked about the Ryder Cup team ethic and it hasn't been there. I think you could possibly say that that is completely different this season. I, yeah, I definitely, definitely think so. And, you know, you heard Ricky talking as well. You know, he, he feels his game is back in the right place where it should be. You know, he's won this year. He's had eight top tens. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he, he must be somebody that is fun to be around. You know, it's, he just seems like a team player all around to me, Ricky Fowler. So good call. Yeah, two other good calls and obvious calls we it was always going to be morikawa and speak yeah you know you just could not leave them out the team morikawa's iron play when it's on song will be the perfect fit for marco simone and speed's ability to play shots a variety of shots will be needed in italy and also he gets on with so many players so there are lots of um lots of connections there lots of different teams can be formed in four balls and foursomes for the Americans, which is great. And you've got to think that if he had left the last one, we're going to talk about Kepka off his list, there would have been absolute uproar. Oh, Brooks massively, massively. I mean, you know, DJ and Bryson being off for one, but uh, yeah, if he'd have let, left Kepka out, I think, yeah, there, there would have been mutiny, absolute mutiny. But, you know, again, Kepka is still in with a lot of the guys, isn't he? You know, they all they all hang up, hang about with each other, playing practice rounds and stuff like that. And he's, yeah, he has to be there. He has to be there. There were a few digs within the press conference that Zach Johnson did and it didn't really go really deep into Brooks Kepka and the pick, but did mention the fact that he's done really well financially this year you know a little slight dig but apart from that we took a little snippet out of the um, the Kepka interview so let's have a look, listen to Brooks. Zach mentioned uh, a while ago that you have not lost a singles match in Ryder Cup competition why have you played so well on Sunday singles? Oh, I don't know uh, I think it's you just play for something bigger than yourself right you don't want to let the, the other guys on the team down um and it's a fun event. I mean, it's, I think, the, the fun of, most nervous I've ever been in a, in a golf tournament was teeing it up for the Ryder Cup. So uh, I've enjoyed it. And every time I've, I've played, I just, uh, just try to go get a point for the team. Brooks, how proud or surprised are you uh, to be sitting here today as the 2023 PGA champion and a Ryder Cup team member after what you had to overcome? Injuries, for example over the last two years yeah last few years have been been a lot but uh at the same time that's that's what i've been grinding for that's what i've been um trying to get back into into shape and 100 percent feel good um just for this moment and get out and go play the team so super excited looking forward to it and we got a we got a great great group of guys um great captain great assistants it's it's gonna be a fun week and there you go Brooks Kepka, he's he's cool, he's calm, he's collected. And I mean, you want a multiple major champion on your side. You look through that that whole team, major champions all the way, you know, all the way through it with your Spieth, with your Morikawa, with your JT, your Kepka. It's just it's a very, very strong team. And obviously, let's not forget Brian Harmon in that scenario. No, absolutely. And you know, Kepka talks about his singles record. You know, he's a phenomenal player he's, he's a battler and stuff so yeah I, I think Zach Johnson's made the right call and even if he didn't want to make it you know he, he's he's been forced into making it is you just couldn't you couldn't leave him out absolutely yeah, yeah. strong well, strong side like I say 
strength in depth, I think, you know, they're, they're going to be so tough to break down. But, you know, we've got the European side to talk a little bit about now. It's going to be equally strong. You know, look at some of these guys, with, with the exception, obviously, Rahm isn't in the best form at the moment, but he, he can bring that back. Rory's playing decent. You know, Hovland's on fire. So we've got some talent to match them. Yeah, well, let's talk about that briefly because we've got one more tournament. That one more tournament starts to on Thursday. You know, we're Tuesday recording this now, and we'll finally get next week the picks from Luke Donald. We're pretty certain, obviously, of nine. So we're looking at players just on the periphery. And there's a one there's one player I know you want to discuss, and everyone's talking about him. Um, it's Ludwig Aberg, Aberg, however you want to pronounce his name. The Swede graduated from college, came onto the American scene. And his world rank, as if we're going to take any notice of the official world golf rankings at the moment, but for a player to be talked about becoming a rookie in the European team, in the Ryder Cup, when he's hardly been over here, played any tournaments, it just confuses the hell out of me, regardless of what a talent he is. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, this is just, it's getting a little bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. I know, you know, you had a bit of uh, Twitter X exchange, whatever you want to call it, around this particular subject. And, you know, for a guy that is ranked 200th in the world, and I know you said you didn't want to place too much emphasis on the world rankings, but it is important. He's, he's only had two tied fourth finishes in the John Deere Classic and last week at the Czech Masters, right? And we're talking about Ludwig Aberg. And, you know, he's 200th in the world rankings. You cannot bring that guy into a Ryder Cup discussion. And what's even more laughable is the fact that he's second favourite for this week's tournament, which we will come up with some picks for, you know, in, in Switzerland. Second favourite, 16 to 1. On what grounds? Based on expected talent. Stock of how he's going to rise in the game in the future. It's just, it's a ridiculous argument. I just do not get it. Well, forget the betting because they've got that bloody Adrian Dumont de Chassart again as like the fifth favourite. And I don't know why the bookies are so scared of him. I watched him a bit last week. He's a very talented golfer. But yeah, the betting is a bit up the wall. But you look at other players and that Twitter spat that it wasn't really a Twitter spat. It was just a very prominent An exchange of views. Yeah, a very prominent Twitter account that's out there. And if anyone's seen the replies, they'll know who it is, right? He's a Canadian. Has he got any right to talk about the Ryder Cup? Stick to the President's Cup. But he did have a talk about it. And he was sort of belittling the likes of the Hoygaard twins and saying, well, if Ludwig had had this, you know, a similar number of starts of the Hoygaard twins, then he would have win, he would have won more events by now. I mean, it's com completely subjective. Um, why hasn't he come over and competed on this little tour, as everyone seems to put it down? It, that winds me up. This is a very competitive tour on the DP World Tour. We play on some fantastic and difficult, challenging golf courses. Let's not underestimate what our lads have to go through week in, week out. We don't just throw darts on little flat tracks with little sand traps. We don't do that week in, week out on the DP World Tour. So show some respect to our tour, please. And the likes of Yannick Paul, who has been over here consistently grinding it out, getting results done. He's well up there. Bobby Mack. I mean, if Bobby Mack falls out of an automatic qualifying spot, and gets replaced by the like of Yannick Paul or, or Jordan Smith or, or Nicola Holt or whatever, then Bobby Mack is an automatic pick, right? So then we're talking about two. We're talking about two picks. So this is a huge, huge week of golf for European team in the Ryder Cup. And it's, it's interesting. I'm loving the stories. I'm loving the possibilities. And the players will not be just calm and collected. It's another tournament. You might be calm with the hills in Switzerland, the Croncesieur. It's beautiful. But the nerves will be there because this is huge, guys. No, of course it is. I mean, going back to Aberg as well, it's like if he wins this week, does he get a Ryder Cup spot? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It, I can't see it happening. But, it, you know, the, never say never. But in terms of the Ryder Cup itself and the European team, which we're discussing, you know, the, it, it's a shoe in. McElroy, Rahm, 
Um, McIntyre, I think, has all but made it, hasn't he? You've got to think all of... but made it. I think yeah. he'd have to have a bad week this week, and yeah. some of his rivals have a really good. No, absolutely. Yeah, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick. You know, they're they're the definites for sure. And then again, we talk about Lowry in terms of form, in in maybe where John Rahm is. Totally two different players, obviously get that. But Lowry has got to be in. You know, his Ryder Cup pedigree as well. Moronk and Stracker, I think they're in. Rose, I'm not too sure about now. We've been talking about Rose, but you'd like to think he is going to be there. Probably his last Ryder Cup playing. But he'll always be on the periphery, as you would have thought, maybe the likes of Westwood and Poulter and stuff. But, you know, if Rosie gets in, there's your 11. And then it's a case of who is that last pick? You know, is someone going to turn up this week and have a phenomenal performance at Cron Sancier? Um, is it going to be Rasmus Hoygaard? Is it going to be Nikolai? Is he going to ditch someone like Straker and maybe go with the Twins? It's the, There's so many different permutations it really is getting juicy now. So this is a great tournament for a number of reasons this week. Well, Rose must be in because there is no way he would have gone on holiday, which he has this week, if there was a possibility of him not being in the team. He'd be fighting in Switzerland. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think he's had a nod from Luke Donald. I know it hasn't been confirmed, but... You know, you look on that Ryder Cup points list. Ategi's up there. Rasmus is up there. Nikolai is up there. Perez is up there. Moronk. Olison, who knows? He could have a great... Jordan Smith. But you know, this is interesting, bro, because when Zach Johnson was in his press conference earlier, instead of saying Jordan Spieth, he said Jordan Smith. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know if that was a fraudulent slip and he's already know, he's been told by Luke Donald who's in Team Europe. I'd be surprised, but that was well, a that's bit a weird, weird one, isn't it? Yeah, that it, is a weird one. It's like He where... started laughing afterwards as well, which is interesting. Mm. So anyone listening to this, keep that in your mind. And if Luke Donald calls Jordan Smith up for Team Europe, then you might have to look back at Zach Johnson and he already knew on the 29th of August that Jordan Smith was in. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Interesting with Jordan Smith, though, because he's 13th in the European points ranking. Yeah. You know, on uh, 1,230 points. But, you know, yeah, that, that is an interesting one, then, isn't it? But, uh, you know, maybe a few months ago, you might have been calling Jordan Smith. I'm, I'm not too sure about that now. But, yeah. No, it's, me it, neither. Me the neither. tournament, for sure, has got a little bit of extra storyline this week, I think. Well, we'll be talking about Team Europe next week, obviously, after Luke has, has made his picks and the culmination of the European Masters Cron Saussure at the Severiano Ballesteros course. Right. Let's get into that tournament, bro, because I love it. I said last week it's one of my favourite tournaments on the schedule. Not only is it aesthetically pleasing watching the tournament, but there's some talent there. Matt Fitzpatrick, winner here twice before, is back over to try and get that trophy back. The likes of Seve, Els, Garcia, Faldo, Woozy, they've all won here. Alex Noren has won it twice. It's going six out of the last 13 winners have been Scandinavians. So it's a big tournament for the Scandinavians and they love it. Right. What can you tell us about this absolutely beautiful course? Well, I'm going to keep it very simple. There's two things. It's a par 70 and the yardage is around about 6,800 yards. Anybody that knows the DP World Tour, European Tour, will know Cron Sancier is just a picturesque um, setting. It's, you know, high up in the hills, obviously, altitude and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, it's got history in abundance and it's it's just going to be a great tournament this week but like you say you know there's been some good winners there you, you know Thriston Lawrence won there last year before it Rasmus Hoygaard Matt Fitzpatrick has won here twice in 17 and 18 you talked about the Scandinavian link obviously Soderberg won as well you know so it's really got some decent players that have won here so I think you're going to be looking I, I don't think there's going to be a Todd Clements this week or somebody that you just don't know that's going to turn up and win. I, I'd like to think not. I think there's enough talent there this week, you know, with good golfing pedigree, that's going to make it a really, really um, tough tournament to compete in. And obviously Matt Fitzpatrick heads the market uh, eight under, uh, sorry, eight to one. If he turns up, you've got to think that he's going to be there. Um, why would he be in the betting? You know, certainly after coming out of the tour championship, but, 
he he loves this place. Clearly, he's won there twice. And I, I just think, yeah, we've got some really great golf to watch this week. And it's, like I say, extra juice because Ryder Cup spots up available, maybe. Hold on like a minute. Think. Hold on a minute. Because of this tournament, I've got something I just need to... Oh, my voice is a bit funny. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, that's better. Oh, sorry. I just, I just fancied a yodel. Just, it just makes me, oh, I get so excited about this tournament. Right. I thought it was a delivery. <laughs> like we did there. Other delivery companies are available. We haven't been sponsored yet, but if yodel, you are listening. We are <laughs> waiting for a sponsor. Right. Talking about, you're talking about Fitz. Fitz is playing with Matt Wallace and Nikolai Hoygaard. What a threesome that is. Fitz getting a look at a potential. Ryder Cup partner. Colsarts and Dodo, the two vice captains, will be pairing with Ludwig Aberg. That's quite interesting for mm. the first two rounds. And obviously, Luke Donald is not playing. We know he's there. He will be watching, eagerly awaiting some performance from a potential pick. It's going to be a great tournament. I love it. Um, and I, let's get into the picks. Actually, before, no, no, before we, get, we into... get into the picks, before yeah. we get into, I just want to go back to that three ball because that, you know, I mean, they do make these three balls up to for a reason sometimes. And the fact mm. that you've got two vice captains playing with Aberg in a three ball, I mean, that's yeah. quite telling, isn't it? Is that is that one final look? Let, let's have a look. Let's really see what he's like. And, you know, does that give him a bit more incentive to perform well this week and justify this big weight of a reputation well not reputation but uh you know what he's going to do in the game you know it sounds like he's going to go on and do big things yeah will he justify all the shouting and mm. but i for me could you imagine playing alongside two vice captains the pressure's going to be on it could you go one of two ways he could have an absolutely stormy weekend perform under pressure and is that what is the test for the first two rounds is that what donald is setting or he could crumble. Again, is that what Lou Donald is looking out for? But mm. hey, one thing I wanted to say about the this tournament, which I think is fantastic, and there's all the talk going on about simulation golf and TGL and, and what have you. And online golf is there, WGT, you got Tiger Woods, blah, 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 EA Sports, it's in the game. Right. They're doing something at the virtual to reality. for So... The 2023 eSport tournaments, right? So during the month of June this year, from the 1st to the 30th, players were able to play four rounds on a replica of the Ballesteros course from any simulator in the world. The top three players, which were Josh Oddie of Great Britain, Benjamin Perhouse of Switzerland, and Leo Andia of Switzerland, they all got to compete in a final qualifying round, this time on the real golf course, not a simulator, a Cron Saussure. And the winner was Benjamin Pursehouse. So the guy that started off in a simulator got to the final three, played on the course. He actually gets a place in the tournament this week. So it's from virtual to reality. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Wow. Wow. That, yeah, that is, that's an interesting fact, that one. That's a good one, that, bro. Thanks very much. Right, let's get into the picks for the Amiga European Masters at Cronchester. Okay, right. Listen, I'm going to go three straight, straight all in. I'm going to give you all three. Um, I'm going to go for two of my three are past winners. First one is Thriston Lawrence. You know, uh, winner last year, seventy to one for a person that has won at this course already and had some really decent form this year is just interest, right? I mean, that that is it's a quality price in a field like this, seventy to one. So he's my first. My second one is one of the twins, also has one here. And I think we'll be wanting that last final push. Maybe he's in, maybe he's not. Maybe he needs a good tournament to get Luke to change his mind. And it's Rasmus Hoygaard. And my final play is the guy that missed out by one shot last week. Again, making a push. If he'd have won last week, would he have been in the Ryder Cup reckoning? Maybe. Matt Wallace has had a great season at 22 to 1. He's got to be up there in, in your picks thinking. So it's Tristan Lawrence, Rasmus Hoygaard, Matt Wallace. I'm going with three. <coughs> excuse me. Three with this week. And they're my place. 
I'll take over while while Graham chokes to death. We hope you're all right. Right. Um, my four picks are Seb Soderberg. Um, he's won here before, ninety to one. Fjordborn Olsson, Dane, great golfer. Still talks of him about Ryder Cup spot. Interesting, forty to one. Alex Fitzpatrick. I mean, since he won on the Challenge Tour and his performance, obviously at the Open. He's gone from strength to strength, and he is looking solid, solid as his brother. And I think 50 to 1 is good value for Alex. And the final pick is Nikolai Hoygaard. I think he goes there this week and he cements his place in Rome. He's 18 to 1, if you fancy a bit of Nikolai. And it's funny you say Matt Wallace, actually, because Matt Wallace last week, he really had the bit between the teeth. He knows how much this means these last two weeks. And he was pumping when he, he, he was getting really excited. Like, I haven't seen him for a long time. And if he takes that to Switzerland this week, then who knows with Matt Matt Wallace because he certainly got the game. No, absolutely, yeah. I definitely think he's got a great chance this week. But before we go, let's a little mention for the Asian Tour, the International Series event, the St. Andrews Bay Championship up at Fermont. St. Andrews on the Torrance course last week, Graham. What a playoff. <laughs> absolutely. 10-hole playoff. I think it set records on the tour. I mean, that that God, that must have gone into near darkness. Um, and I'll be looking. I'll, I'll actually watch it back on some of the, the replays because I think you can see it on Viaplay. But anyway, yeah, a great performance. And and just, you know, by Eugenio Chikara, who actually won the tournament, you know, picked up $270,000 for the privilege as well. 19 under winning score tied with Matt Jones forcing that 10-hole playoff. But the point I just want to make on this as well is that, you know, a lot of live players obviously playing on the Asian Tour event for the last couple of weeks. And a lot of them performed really strongly. You know, the likes of Mito Pereira, Dean Burmester, Bernd Wiesberger up there, you know, Matt Jones, Chikara, you know, they're all up there. So this just goes to prove that even though they're playing live events, it's not... It's absolutely not exhibition golf. And they are going to a tour that's got, you know, a lot of strength in it. And they're performing well and getting top 10s, top 15s. So a great tournament at St. Andrew's Bay last week for, you know, the end of a, a two-week stint in the UK. The field rating on the official world golf rankings last week for that was 11.2, opposed to the Czech Masters 20. And the KFT was 15.1. So... Mm. Still needs a bit of a boost. But, yeah, it was a great tournament. Um, I did watch some of it. Meet some great golfers. Burmy, big favourite of ours. Weisberger, hopefully going to come on the podcast sometime soon. And a big shout-out to another – an Indian golfer. An Indian golfer is going from strength to strength across the world, across tours at the moment. And Gaganji Bula, yeah, another great performance. And um, after speaking to Joy Chakravarti – and his passion for Indian golf, it's really got me interested and I'm just following it with open eyes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I couldn't go without a mention anyway. That's the Asian tour at St. Andrew's Bay. Right. Well, that does wrap up Bros and Birdies episode this week. We hope you've enjoyed it. Next week, we've got another great tournament to preview. We'll look back at these and the, um, the Amiga European Masters but we'll have the Horizon Irish Open from the K Club next week for you. And obviously, we'll know the 12 confirmed players for both teams at the end of September for the Ryder Cup. Marco Simone, just outside Rome. But for this week, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. Have a great week. Now, this, this really is beyond a joke now. He's, he's, he's gone gaga because this is, uh, this is quite... I've never seen anything like it before, and to attempt to hit the ball out of there is pure madness.